Well, good morning and welcome to today's episode of Transformed. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about the love that compels us. Welcome to today's message with Pastor Jim Balzano. I want to thank Park Home for our studio furniture, and I want to thank Taylor Design and Events for designing our studio. For the past number of weeks, we've been going over um, a set of core values that we have discovered as a staff. And today I'm going to do the last one. But let me read you what we came up with in our discussion on what our core values would be. Uh, We are servant leaders in an atmosphere of love, inspiration, and joy that are in pursuit of kingdom purposes as we work with passion, diligence, and faith because we are compelled by the love of God. It's an interesting phrase, that compelled by the love of God, or to be constrained or um, driven by God's love. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. Paul understood the compelling love of God. Paul was a man who deserved death. He deserved judgment, persecuting the church, killing Christians. And yet Christ appeared to him, and poured out his love upon him. And he understood what it was to be compelled by the love of God. You see, love is a powerful force that should bind the believer, constrain the believer, and influence the believer. Love was the driving force of God sending his son to die on a cross so that all men could be saved. I mean, we all know the scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave. So in our discussion and our thinking about this and my thinking about this for today's subject on this uh, podcast is there's several things I want to talk to you about. First of all, that we as a staff, we as ministers, we those who he called, as well as believers, we've got to be compelled by the love of God that has been given to us by him. You see, we've got to fully comprehend just how great his love is. And he didn't love us just when we get saved. He didn't love us just whenever we gave our hearts to him. No, the Bible says that when I was a sinner, he loved me. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. His love for us was so great that even outside of a relationship with him, he loved us enough to give his very best He loved us enough to give us his son in order that we could be redeemed and that we could be saved from our sin, that we literally could be rescued from the kingdom of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his son. And that is his love given to us. But what has to happen is out of that love given to us, then we must be compelled or driven by our love that we are returning to him. You know, when we have received the incredible, life-changing love of Christ into our hearts, there must be a reciprocation of that love back to Him. I mean, after all, love received should be love returned. Matter of fact, Jesus said this. He said, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. The greatest commandment, love God. And why do we love God? Because He first loved us. You see, it has to be reciprocated. Love, and and the thing is, love returned to him is more than an emotion. It's an action. Our love for him compels us to obedience. Our love for him should compel us to work. As a matter of fact, when Paul wrote to the Thessalonians in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, 
He said this to them. We remember before God and our Father your work produced by faith and your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting to me in that passage of Scripture that Paul lists faith, hope, and love. Interesting, at the end of chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, what did he say? And these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And so with the Thessalonians, he was he was complimenting them on their labor that was prompted to love. Our love for him compels us to work. Our love for him should compel us to sacrifice. You sacrifice for that which you love. You sacrifice for your spouse. You sacrifice for your children. Trust me, you sacrifice for your grandchildren. You see, love is a compelling force that will cause us to be willing to sacrifice. Our love for him should compel us to love those that he loves and that which he loves. Which takes me to my next point, that love should compel us to love others. Simply put, we need to love what God loves. We need to love who God loves. His love given to us and our love returned to him should then be love that is given to those whom he loves. You know, it's an amazing thing. I love my children. But if you love me, you'll love my children. If you love me, you'll love my grandchildren because you'll love what I love. As believers, God pouring out his love into our heart then means we should return that love to him, but then we then have to love who he loves if we truly love him. And what does he love? He loves the world, not just believers. He loves the world. We have to love believers, but we also have to love the world because that's what God did. It got me to thinking about 1 Corinthians 13, which we are so familiar with. And I'm going to close by reading some of it and commenting on it. Paul begins with, if I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but I don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I thought about that. Our speech, our talk without love, it's hollow. It's a hollow sound. Preaching without love for God and love for people is producing a sound that is void of substance. It's hollow. It makes a lot of noise, but it doesn't convey his message. See, preaching compelled by the love of Christ should create a harmonious, uh, yeah, it's easy for me to say, a harmonious sound of God's heart and God's words. Let me say it again. Preaching compelled by the love of Christ creates a harmonious sound of God's heart and God's word. Verse 2, Paul says, If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. Hmm. You can prophesy. You can discern mysteries. You can move mountains by faith. But Paul said, without love, you're nothing. Interesting. It's not the gifts that make the man. It's not the gift of faith that makes the man. It's not the gift of prophecy that makes the man. No, no. It's not the gift that makes the man. It's love that makes the man. Paul said, without love, you're nothing. The gifts of God, without love, the love of God, makes us nothing. The gifts of God compelled or, con or, or constrained by the love of God makes us like Christ. I thought about that. You know, without love, we're nothing. But when his gifts flow through us and they flow through us in love, we are becoming more like Christ because Jesus used the gifts of God in and through a spirit of love.
Jesus used the gifts of God because he was constrained by the love of his Father and his people. Then Paul goes on. He said, if I give all I possess to the poor and I give over my body to hardship, then I may boast, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. Got me to thinking again. Sacrifice without love is sacrifice without fruit. There's no fruit. The driving force of sacrifice should be love. The driving force of sacrifice is God's love for us, our love for God, and our love for others. You see, sacrifice compelled by love will produce the fruit of God, for it is the example that Jesus laid down for us. See, love compels us. And then you know it, 1 Corinthians goes on. Love is patient. It's kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. Man, we're living in an era where there's a whole lot of dishonor out there. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Man, I've met a lot of scorekeepers in my lifetime. People who remember something that somebody did to them 20 years ago. The Bible says love doesn't do that. We're not scorekeepers. It says love doesn't delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. He says it always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, and it always perseveres. You see, it's the love of God that binds us and constrains us and influences us to be all these things. We have to be compelled by his love. We've got to be constrained by it. As a team, we must be driven by the love of Christ. All that we say, all that we do, and all that we sacrifice must be driven by his love for us, our love for him, and our love for those whom he loves. But not just us as a ministry staff. That really should be for all believers. And so today I'll leave you with this. This week, be compelled by love. Have a great week.